Welcome to the Mediate.com podcast with Veronica Kramer. Hey there, and welcome back to another great episode of the podcast. And today I'm excited because we're going to talk all about online conciliation in Colombia with Nicholas Lozada. By way of background, Nicholas is CEO of Reddick, the first Colombian digital justice and online dispute resolution startup. He has also led multidisciplinary teams since 2013 and has dedicated much of his career to promoting his passion for digital and algorithmic justice. On these topics, he has written several academic articles and given numerous lectures in four continents, including a TED Talk. Nicholas is partner at the law firm of Rincon Cuellar & Associates, with presence in Colombia, El Salvador, and Switzerland, heading its international trade practice. He is an advisor on corporate issues for several Colombian and foreign companies and currently involved in domestic and international arbitration proceedings as a counselor, arbitrator, and secretary. Nicholas is an associate professor at Universidad Externado de Colombia, where he performed extensive legal research and lectured as a faculty member at one of Latin America's leading law schools. Courses taught in fields of research include international commercial law, international investment, and private law. So with that, Nicholas, welcome to the Mediate.com podcast, and thanks for coming on the show. Veronica, thank you so much for having me. This is a great pleasure, great honor to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited. So, you know, I'm so excited to learn about online conciliation in Colombia. And, you know, I thought maybe it would be helpful at the outset is really just to talk about kind of mediation versus conciliation in Colombia, because I understand that there is a difference. So can you tell me sort of what are the characteristics of um, conciliation in, in Colombia and uh, I understand there's also some mediation too. Can you kind of talk about the two? Yes, uh, Veronica. So, so here's the thing. Um, conciliation is uh, a creation by the Colombian uh, legislation in, in as much because it, it takes the roots of uh, mediation. So uh, what the mediator usually does is um, he's in between two parties and he helps them to reach an agreement by way of conveying messages from one party to the other. Uh, the conciliator has a slightly more um, proactive role in the sense that the conciliator will propose solutions. Uh, and since the conciliator proposes solutions is under Colombia's uh, legislation, a pseudo uh, judge. So it has some judicial like powers uh, under, under the Colombian legislation. Uh, because what the, the conciliator does is that it helps the parties to reach an agreement, the same thing as a mediator, it proposes a solution. And if parties with the approval of the conciliator reach an agreement, that agreement has the same legal force as a judicial decision. So uh, that's, that's why the conciliator, that we call it in Colombia, conciliator in law, because the conciliator acts as a judge and it's pre preventing a dispute advancing towards the judicial proceedings with this legal power, this legal force, as if it was also a judicial decision in its own. And these, the, the roots of this uh, comes um, historically from the uh, 90s. In the 90s in Colombia, there was this um, promotion and this big push towards uh, conciliation because 
our judicial system um, has an exceeding amount of proceedings ongoing. And just to deal with this excessive number of procedures, uh, they wanted to, to know if there was an alternative. And the alternative was conciliation and then later on arbitration as um, alternative dispute resolution systems promoted by the government, promoted by the, the, the law itself. So, uh, so in general, a conciliator is very much like a mediator with more powers, with more teeth, so to speak. That's all interesting. And yeah, thank you for, for highlighting those uh, distinctions. And so I'm curious, with conciliation, is it mandatory participation? Like are, are parties in a dispute ordered to conciliation or can parties voluntarily elect to use conciliation? Veronica, that basically depends on the dispute at hand. Um, so depending on the kind of dispute, you will have a, a procedural requirement to have a conciliation uh, beforehand. Uh, so if you want to um, present a lawsuit, a civil lawsuit or a commercial lawsuit, or even uh, an administrative lawsuit, administrative being suing the Colombian uh, government, Colombian uh, administrative agencies, then it is mandatory for people to go to uh, conciliation first. So it's it, we call it a procedural requirement or a admissibility requirement because without parties going to mediation first, the lawsuit will not be admitted. It will not be able to proceed towards judicial uh, proceedings. So in many cases, it's mandatory under Colombian law, but in many other occasions, it's, it's just voluntary. And then what we call the conciliation culture, because that's, that's how we call it in Colombia, and um, it's been taken to every single kind of, of dispute, uh, meaning you can take family uh, disputes, you can take uh, um, consumer disputes, you can take many other disputes to um, conciliation, uh, but probably you will be able to make your lawsuit as well. Uh, so, um, for instance, communities in, in, in Colombia, uh, we call it... Um, the, in small communities or rural communities, there are the equity conciliators, conciliadores en equidad. So the equity conciliators are a member of the community who will help parties reach an agreement over any kind of dispute. Say someone stole a chicken from um, his neighbor. So that will be taken to the equity conciliator for the solution. Of course, that doesn't prevent that party to go uh, to the judge if they want to prosecute that person for this step. But then conciliation is open or it's presented to Colombia over the last 20 years as an alternative to solve any kind of disputes voluntarily. You know, I'm curious. So, you know, with the the, the pandemic and you've, you've, we've seen just more and more going online and I know there's now online conciliation in Colombia. Can you tell me about that recent trend? Yes. So what happened with the pandemic is that we were basically forced to enter into the digital era. Um, before, before the pandemic, uh, all conciliations were taking place in person. I would say 99% of the conciliations. There were some innovations on doing some Skype you know, back, back in the day. There were some pilots of Skype mediation in Colombia or 
Skype conciliation, I'm sorry. So there, there was some Skype conciliation taking place in the country, but I would say that was just a minimal uh, percentage. But with the COVID-19, the government was forced to issue emergency decrees, and those decrees mandated uh, the use of electronic um, means for the, the carrying out of a conciliation procedure. So then once the, the legislation enabled conciliation centers to conduct those conciliations online, uh, many people started to use it. And then um, the trend changed dramatically. So uh, before we had 99% of the procedures uh, taking place online. Now, um, eh, during the pandemic, of course, 100% of the conciliation procedures were done online. And now that we're back to normality since 2020, at the end of 2021 or the beginning of 2022, uh, people remain uh, using cons online conciliation. Um, so uh, there are no official statistics, but I discussed uh, with uh, some of the directors of, of the main um, conciliation centers in Colombia, which are managed by the chambers of commerce of the country. And what they informed me is that over 85% of the procedures are still taking place online. So what the pandemic did is that it created the conscience that uh, you could solve your disputes online as well. And it was, uh, also, it was very uh, cost-effective and, uh, and it was very efficient, I mean, for parties, they will feel the difference between not having to take transportation, not incurring into extra costs, and you know the the comfort of doing their conciliations from uh, their home or their offices. So people have, and and usually the respondent party or the parties don't want to face each other in a conciliation procedure. So in Colombia, they uh, remained online, and that actually forced the legislator the Colombian Congress to uh, take action on this because um, at some point, Veronica, it was discussed whether every, uh, both the judicial activity but the mediation or arbitration activities should get back to being uh, performed in person. And the reaction was the opposite. Even the lawyers, which are you know, the very conservative uh, a group, they advocated for getting um, for continuing with online uh, procedures. So uh, we have, and last year, uh, in the last, I think um, in October uh, 2022, a new law was issued, it's law 2213 of 2022, and it officially adopted online uh, procedures for both justice, uh, mediation or conciliation and arbitration. So in Colombia, parties um, uh, are unable to do their, all of their procedures online if they wish to do so, uh, or otherwise uh, they can keep it in person. But most of the people now prefer to do online conciliation and online arbitration. Gosh, what stuck out in my mind is just that statistic of over 85% online. I mean, that's, that's really compelling. Can you tell me, you know, in terms of online conciliation, so what does that look like? Yes, um, that's, a, that's a great point because many people assume that Zoom mediation is the ideal uh, form of online mediation. And I personally disagree. 
I believe that as, as, as Colin Rue has been doing for the last uh, almost 30 years, um, the ideal way of conducting online uh, mediation is through ODR uh, procedures. And of course, I know this takes time and, and law 2213, you know, the, they call it the digital justice law. It's a very good beginning because of course, it, it's better that you can do your conciliation by Zoom rather than doing it uh, uh, in person if you wish to use technology. And, and of course, people embrace technology. They, they, they realized how convenient it was, how cost-effective it was, but it's not ideal. So the way it looks like at, at the moment is Zoom. Basically, um, people have a video conference and they just meet over there. But that means that uh, conciliation is still synchronous meaning that people will have to be at the same time uh, and they will have to meet by uh, a video conference and solve their disputes. And at the end, the mediator, the conciliator will issue the agreement, the conciliation agreement, and will send it by email. But of course, this is good. This is, uh, this, I, I welcome uh, this innovation, but it's not as effective as You've, as what you can see with other online mediation methods, such as what eBay uses um, for their millions of disputes per year. So um, according to, to the latest statistics that I read, eBay manages over 60 million disputes per year with automation and asynchronic mediation. And of course, if you want to achieve that level of efficiency, you cannot do it having synchronous uh, mediation because it takes a lot of time and it takes a, a lot of uh, money, meaning the effort that the mediator has to put into every single mediation to prepare it, to be on time, to have the agendas of the people matching and being ready. Of course, that, that's, that's not as cost effective. And what I would say marks the highest difference between what I will call the ideal and what we have is that with the online mediation or the Zoom uh, mediation, you're just basically replicating the same method that you were doing in person, but just with in an online environment. So you're not gaining that much at the end of the day. If you want to manage hundreds of thousands of disputes effectively and at, at a low cost, you will have to have asynchronous or perhaps text-based or, uh, or perhaps mediations that will be preceded by negotiation um, by the parties. And that is allowed, provided that you have a platform, uh, an ODR platform, a platform that is specifically dedicated to uh, bringing you a service on dispute resolution in, in a better manner. So all in all, in summary, we do have uh, online mediation, but it's just video conferencing. And there's, there's a lot to do in order to reach um, through online mediation with international ODR standards. Oh yeah, and and I hear you with uh, the asynchronous text base. So you know, a few years ago, in a prior role, I was able to do text based asynchronous text based online mediation, and. And in fact, actually, there's an article that I wrote that's actually published on Mediate.com, and I'll have to I'll have to link to it in the show notes on this episode. But in it, I mean, I just I talked all about, you know, I looked at things like the tone between the parties, and you know how how productive I thought the mediations were, 
And I mean, gosh, the nice thing about asynchronous text-based mediation is just in the asynchronous environment, people have time to reflect, right? Because it, it mimics like, what do we all do when we sit down and type an email? Well, if you're anything like me, you type up the email and then you read it through and you might make an edit here or there and then you press send. I mean, you have that extra, that ec extra time to edit, to think that you just, you don't have that in real time when you're talking. It's too easy to say something that, you know, you might later regret. <laughs> Yeah, I absolutely agree with you, Veronica. I mean, it's it's not only the fact that you're using a platform, and, and of course that that helps with being more efficient, and you have the information more organized, and you have the documents ready for you, and and but also the psychological effect that uh, you. When, one of the things that when I was discussing with with the director of the Chamber of Commerce here in Colombia on the changes between um, the mediation the way used to be and the current uh, mediation the way it is now conciliation is that for um bodies it's many times it's also uncomfortable to have to see the other person and then and they will have their emotions flowing during the conciliation hearing so um I believe there's there's an added value to to having those asynchronous encounters in which they didn't have to face each other and they will be more objective. When, when you put it into words and you type it, then you you won't be as engaged emotionally as you would be otherwise. So um, there there are many uh, many benefits. Of course, I believe that some for some kinds of disputes you will probably uh, prefer or require to have in person. Uh, conciliation, but that will be in many cases up for the conciliator to see. Uh, imagine of a family dispute. Some family disputes, it will be important to have the people to see each other and to see if you can um, make an amendment to the relationship. And sometimes it will not be wise to do it. And it will be just better for people, parties to exchange and messages over a platform. So um, at least I, I believe it will grant conciliators, more opportunities and more um, strategies for how they will conduct a proper a mediation. Oh, yeah. So can you talk about, you know, now that we're talking about the, the conciliator community, um, are conciliators, are they happy about it? Are they or are they wishing for more in-person conciliation? Kind of how's the response been from the conciliator community? they will call it mixed feelings um i one of the most experienced conciliators in colombia uh, i i i met uh, with him uh, over a month ago uh, we were flying on the same plane by by coincidence and um we were speaking the whole flight about you know the changes and actually in colombia um, also due to to covid 19 there is a new law on conciliation and then he was saying, sometimes I believe what we're getting is the future. He, he's he's uh, older. He's, uh, I would believe, close to 60s. And I said, and the, I'm really excited about it. He loves conciliation. He's very passionate about it. And, 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 then, and he's a great public speaker. And I love how, how he, he um, conveys that, that, that passion to, to the people who listen to him. 
Um, and he says, of course, in many occasions, I believe this makes things much easier for me. So I really like it. But some others, I would like to um, have the possibility to Paris to come and attend and see me in, in person. Because some of his skills will be lost with the camera. And, so, and he said, there are some cases that I'm certain that I will not be able to close a deal if it wasn't uh, because we were in the same room and I was able to control the person. So uh, for complex cases, uh, and, and that's what I was telling you, it would be for the uh, conciliary to decide. It would be wise to have people to sit uh, uh, in a conference room, face each other, and talk their problems through. Some cases, it will not be the case. But as I told you, according to statistics, people, uh, and I would say more parties than arbitrators, they prefer to have them online. And sometimes conciliators can do nothing about it. If the respondent party says, I will attend online, that's its legal prerogative. If he decides not to attend, uh, he can, he's able not to. Um, I believe in those cases, then the, the conciliator will have to make the effort to try and persuade this person to go and attend because it has some extra benefits. But in, in, in some others, you know, it, it would be, it will not make much of a difference. And in many other cases, it will be much better to do it text-based. So again, we're uh, opening the panorama of, of possibilities for conciliation in the country. Yeah. And, you know, the thought I was having as you were sharing that is, I mean, it, it seems to me that it, it doesn't have to be all or nothing that I'm, I'm curious. I mean, do you ever see conciliators, maybe a certain part of the conciliation occurs online, but then maybe there's another portion where um, it's in person? Like, have you seen that yet? We're more of, more of like a hybrid approach. Well, you know, that's that's something um, as I, I've been I've been talking about uh, ODR and online mediation and online arbitration for years. And when we were discussing um, the um, we have um, a circular letter by the Ministry of Justice that adopted online um, conciliation and arbitration for disputes related to secure transactions in Colombia. And then when we were discussing the stage uh, changing from um, mediation to arbitration, the discussion was, okay, what we're taking everything through an ODR platform and that's what we want to do, but what if the, if the mediator chooses to have a meeting outside the platform in person? And then the discussion was, is why not? So the hybrid approach is entirely possible under the legislation that, that is the circular, the, the, the model rules for online arbitration, they provide for a possibility for a hybrid approach, provided that you report what happened in this in-person meeting in the platform. Because you need to have a unified or central um, uh, information management system. And because if you, if you leave information outside of it, then you will have trouble uh, later on. Maybe you don't know what happened and then maybe you reach an agreement, but it's not reporting the platform. So you will need to report everything that happens outside the platform in the platform. Uh, and uh, parties may choose to do some in-person meetings 
and some um, online meetings or some text-based uh, mediation and some in-person uh, mediation. That will be up for the parties and it will be up for the conciliator or the mediator to decide. Um, so there's, there's nothing preventing it. Now, in my experience, I haven't seen that yet. So it's, it's, it's in theory, it's possible. I haven't heard of anyone combining the, the two things. So what I've heard is either they convince the parties and they do the whole procedure in person or otherwise they don't and they do everything on video conference. That's interesting. And so I thought, you know, one more question I have for you before we wrap up. Um, sure. Do you, I know you mentioned earlier in the conversation, you mentioned a statistic related to, you know, how many disputes had been resolved through um, ODR from e by eBay. Do you happen to have any statistics comparing you know, the resolution of disputes in Colombia, online conciliation versus resolving through a court or, or in person or just kind of any statistics comparing online conciliation in Colombia to something else? Yes, well, there, as, as I mentioned before, there are no official statistics on online um, conciliation because online conciliation was not properly um, regulated under Colombian law before 2022. However, um, uh, due to the fact also that this is a procedural requirement in some kinds of disputes, uh, by 2021, um, over 100,000 uh, and 126,000 cases were managed through uh, mediation. So it's 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 a it's a very high number, and that's what I called. I told you that we were having this conciliation culture. And according to some of, of the experts that I consulted to for, for this podcast, many cases, many uh, conciliation cases are not registered. So it can be perhaps like 130 or 150,000 cases that are resolved every year um, through conciliation. And what is more interesting is that um, in, 20, in, in 2002, we had less than 40,000. So over the years, we have three times as much uh, cases that wow. are taken for, for conciliation every year. So people kind of uh, are accepting it. And even lawyers, which were the more reluctant to do it because they love litigation, you know, as many lawyers do, um, they now see that it's also good for their businesses. So we have tripled the number of conciliations in Colombia in the last 20 years. And um, with the pandemic, many of them became online or, you know, video conference uh, conciliation. So that for the future tells me that we are going to have more uh, mediations and, and conciliations and more use of uh, digital tools and online uh, platforms uh, for, for that purpose. Yeah, that's compelling. That's compelling. Um, well, Nicholas, this has been such a great episode. I feel like I've learned so much about online conciliation and ODR in Colombia. Uh, if anyone wants to learn more about your work or connect with you, how can they do so? Sure, Veronica. They can connect with me on my LinkedIn, uh, which is Nic Nicolas Lozada as, as my last name. Uh, and you can also look, look me up with Pimiento, my second last name, my mom's last name. 
So um, so you can look me up over there and also on um, Twitter at Nico E. Lozada. And finally, you can reach me on my email, which is Nico at uh, Redek, R-E-D-E-K, that C-O. Uh, that's that's the, the company that I'm working on on ODR and online engaged. Well, absolutely, absolutely. Well, hey, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate your time today. Thank you very much, Veronica. This was a great conversation. All right, friends. Well, that wraps up another great episode of the podcast. We'll talk to you next time. This podcast was brought to you by Mediate.com. For more information about Mediate.com's programs and content, please visit our website at www.mediate.com.